It's the story of a lovely lady who... I wasn't expecting you to go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's way too early for that, isn't it, folks? Okay. Oh. Hey, everybody. It's the CCJT Amata Awa, episode 121. Wow. Whoa. 121 episodes. That's uh, Sitting across the table for me is CC. And across from me is JT. And you, what you have here is a writer's experience, in theory, anyway. What we do, <laughs> what we do for if you are our first-time listener, and where have you been all our lives, is uh, we try to talk about writing things because we are writers of a certain age, though you wouldn't notice it by our output, but, eh, well, you know, real life. Well, yeah. everyone has a different timeline. Yeah. So what we do is we try to write, um, and uh, we try to write, and we try to self-publish, and we try to go through that all that thing. And we, uh, we put together this podcast um, years ago because we wanted to share our experiences. Um, just as a side note, if you're expecting something like production values or anything like that, like music or commercials or editing... Uh, yeah, that's that's not here. We're just we're just here to uh, drink coffee and chat. Yes. And uh, we turn the microphone on, and yeah, we you, you get to listen to uh, people of a certain age do that. Blathering on a Sunday morning. Blathering, blathering, blathering. So we have our coffee in hand. Slurp time. Yum. Our yummy Jack in the Box coffee. Not sponsored yet, but hey, Jack in the Box, hit us up. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, we have very rarely, probably the only times that we haven't do, you know, done Jack in the Box is like when the weather has been extreme or when we've been on the road. Yes, because we have done a couple of remote podcasts. Yeah, we should do that again. That was um, fun. We did uh, one in Monterey. We did one in Virginia. Did we do Virginia City? Didn't we sit in the parking lot of Virginia? I think we might have done Virginia City. We did one in Fort Bragg. Well, I think we did several in Fort Bragg. And we did um, uh, at the shore of Lake Tahoe. Yes, so yes. We've uh, we've done remotes, but uh, right now we're just sitting in our usual places at the table. With CC across, me from me, and CJT, and you know, blah. You know, you've heard it before. Yes. Um, so um, what we do is we talk about uh, current events and our current works in progress, and um, we should. It, w- it would be uh, poor of us not to say happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, thank you. Happy thank birthday you. tomorrow, and uh, happy travels. Going on a going on a trip this week to yes. celebrate this birthday with our oldest daughter, the teacher. Yes, yes. that'll be fun. It will be an exciting ish adventure. Ish. We'll ish. see. That will be probably the topic of next week's podcast, which I'm thinking we'll probably call Vegas, baby. Yeah, it's, it's next week will be a thing of all Vegas all day. <laughs> what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and uh, to give uh, a little tease here, CC has already started to blush. So, well, I will say if uh, anyone follows my Instagram, there may be photos this week, which could be rather interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. if you're not following my Instagram, not now might be a good time to start. <laughs> yeah, definitely need to start following that Instagram and maybe uh, TikTok too. Uh, I don't know about the TikTok uh, thing, but yeah, we'll but, see. So, but uh, so the two of you are getting all gussied up, and yes. you know, going to be in Vegas, yes. partying, yes. celebrating mutual birthdays, yes. um, just having a having a good time. So, yes. you know, it's pretty much like I said. I don't know, was it yesterday or the day before? I think you'll have a good time if you relax. And I plan to do that because yeah. a nice week off from work, probably my last for a while, in order to save up my leave. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I am definitely trying to plan 
to enjoy this weekend or this week as much as possible. Yep. Yep. Party, party, party. Party. So, um, so happy birthday. Thank you. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Um, I, uh, milestone birthday. Pardon? Milestone, milestone yes. birthday. Yes, milestone we birthday. We talked about Important. being of a certain age. Yep. Um, what else? Did we do anything with our works in progress? I, I can tell you right now, I'm just stuck on my work in progress. I'm stuck so bad that I am thinking about just going to my other work in progress, the Space Epic, and just, I have ideas on that one. But the current one, not so much. I'm just... I'm just stuck. I've, I've been editing it and tightening it up, but it's been just delaying it because I can't find the ending of it. And that's that's, and that's a, a word. That's a, something worthy to mention when you're a pantser. Is um, you know that's one of the weaknesses because you, you know it's um, when you're a pantser, it's like a siphon. You can throw everything into the siphon you want, you know, and, and it start and it starts to drain onto the keyboard. But as the water level goes down. You're tightened. You're you're restricted by the events that you've written so far. You're restricted. You're restricted. You're restricted. And then finally, when it gets to the hole at the bottom, you have very little direction to go, uh, unless you start dumping things out of the plot. And so it's like, eh, I don't know what exactly what to do here. So that's the weakness of being a pantser is that you're you're stuck by the events that you've created, and unless you change those events, uh, you know. Ugh, I did have a one ending to this book, but it was so predictable and rather so boring that I, I chucked it. But the problem with that, of course, is, is now I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. Well, if you were reading something written by someone else with that ending, how do you think they should have taken it? I don't know. That's what I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of caught in a loop here. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I know what's happened. I know what I think I want to happen. But I don't know if I can make that happen unless I go back and change what happened. But I like what happened, so it's kind of a loop. Do you have to change it or can you adapt it? Because sometimes it's a situation where if it plays out exactly as you wrote it originally, it won't work for the ending. But maybe the slightest little shift, change a little bit of a nuance to it might give you that surprise ending that you're looking for i've been changing things along in the book you know for uh cha- you know like changing the uh, time spans and changing some of the characters and um and hoping to sort of wiggle my way through there but it's um it's right now it's i'm, I'm just kind of stuck so um this is not the first time this has happened right i have written several manuscripts published a few of them i've written more manuscripts than published which i think is the case for it's a lot common, of people it's common yes and um uh, so I'm sort of bleh, sort of stuck in the uh, stuck in limbo here, and eventually, what will happen, and it will happen, mm-hmm. is that lightning bolt will will occur. Yes. And what I have to do is I just have to relax, not worry about it, and just let it happen. Yes. Because lightning bolt's not going to happen if I'm dwelling on it. So that's no. that's the frustrating part. And it, like you said, you know, it kind of sits there for a while. It just ferments. Yeah. And then you start to worry about not finishing it yeah, and whether yeah. you should walk away from it. But then you've put all that work into it already. Do you really want to walk away from it? Been there, done that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a loop. It is. Um, and it's like, it has to naturally unfold. It, it does. It, it, um, I've tried in the past to, you know, type my way out of it. I've tried to force my way out of it and... It, it just doesn't work that way. It just has to, the, the lightning bolt has to happen. I think it will happen. It just has to, it's just going to take a little bit more time. So 
what I may do is, like I said, is I have some ideas on the other book that I've done, which is 130,000 words, which I have to say every time. It's sort of like being a marathoner. You, you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, I've done, you know, I've done my 26 miles, you know, but no, anyway. Uh, it is a lot of writing. Yeah, so um, I, I have some ideas on that one, and that's going to be a radical change. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's enough about me, <laughs> even though everything is about me. Of course it is. Anyway, what about you? I didn't do any physical writing this week for reasons. Um, I guess I did probably write on Monday because I was home that day. Yeah, you were. You but actually. You, I wrote a lot of Monday. Yeah, you I think did. that was a pretty much a full day. And I kind of did what you were talking about, where I wrote myself into a corner. And I, uh, I knew as I was writing it, because I'm currently on the second draft of mine, and I knew as I was writing it that it wasn't really quite the direction I wanted to go, but I just left it and moved on. And then I decided during the week that I was just going to pick up a romance and read it. And this romance happened to do the exact thing that I had done. And I was so frustrated by it that I'm just like, oh, I'm definitely going back to change that. And that happens. We get inspired by reading other people's works or mm -hmm. by something that happens to us in life. And I knew... I was pretty sure I was going to go back and rewrite this anyway, and I have figured out how I am going to rewrite it that will make more sense, and um, it will still be dramatic, but not quite as dramatic, and it will be less cringy. Yeah, cool. I hate Excellent. cringy. <laughs> Excellent, cringy. Um, so did the book that we wrote together, did that give you some insight into writing style, or did that give you any kind of... Did it change any habits that you had in the past or anything like that? Yes, it tightened my writing quite a bit because I was doing the more flowery. We previously mentioned this in a couple of podcasts, I think, where the writing has evolved over time as attention spans have shortened. And, that, uh, and I think originally when these works were written, if you think about something like we talked about the doorstop books, mm -hmm. like Mishner and people of that nature, where it's a very long a lot of words you know and that's not really something that modern readers enjoy so it has tightened up my writing quite a bit to work with someone else because your writing is much tighter than mine well it's it's like you know I, with the way i view it is as people are giving up time yeah of their life to read the book so it's like you know so, so it's no time to dilly dally it's time right. to give them something to read right and hopefully they can get into and not so much think about the outside world. And right. then, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's well, hard to it say. Is, and people go through a lot of books. I mean, romance in particular, a lot of romances are sold every month. And it is a huge market. And part of the reason for that is that a lot of the mass market romances tend to be short. It's like you're having a chocolate, you yeah. know. You don't want a whole candy bar sometimes. You'll just grab a chocolate out of the, you know, a multi-pack, basically. And that's kind of what romances are. You just want a little taste of it. You don't want something deep and flowery because you just maybe only have a few minutes. You're reading it back and forth on your way mm -hmm. to work or whatever. So it has tightened up my writing quite a bit to work with someone else. Okay. Uh, so excellent. So that's the status of our works in progress. And of course, you know, Cece and I, have been considering doing a sequel to our book uh, from Tundra to Tiara, but we haven't really hammered any details out. 
what we may end up doing is like doing it for Nano Remo or something like that, you know, just working together as, uh, do, you know, so we can actually do something. Uh, Nano Remo, of course, is National Novel Writing Month in November. I, in November, so we may do that in November, just uh, just as a joint progress, joint project. See, English is my not my language. The uh, part of the reason that we have not started on the sequel was that we were trying to get our personal works done first, yeah. and I think we've both been lollygagging on that a little bit. But that's yeah. that's okay. It's uh, everyone works at their own pace. We are our own bosses, so it helps to have a lot out there. People are more drawn to authors who have a wide variety of books to read, but you know you have to start somewhere. So. <laughs> Yeah. Until we get to that point where people are clamoring for yeah. our books, then They're there is exactly, really yeah. no... Uh, Nobody's actually doing that. Not What yet. we should do, and we really, maybe we should do this, you know, after, you know, next week, is do what we did, you know, for the longest time, is 6.30 to 7 o'clock. Yes. Right. Nothing else counts. That's all we do. 6.30 to 7 is right. Mm. And that's probably... Um, that's probably something that we need to do is kickstart. And we worked True. on that work for a while. Oh, yeah. We did it for like, what, 100 days, and we got things done. And... and we actually, I think when we were in Fort Bragg, weren't we doing that every evening? Yeah. Because I remember sitting in the kitchen. We had a great little, we actually yeah. had kind of our own little cottage. Yeah. And uh, we were sitting in the kitchen at sunset. Yeah. Beautiful. I yeah. have very fond memories of writing in the golden glow of sunset on the California coast. So That yeah. was fun. It and was so... fun. And uh, so, you know, do 6.30 to 7, just, you know, just boom. Because really, you know, the other 23 hours and 30 minutes can be dedicated to whatever else. You know, 30 minutes is 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes. And usually once we get started on that 30 minutes, by the time it's up, yeah. you're kind of in the middle of something and you want to keep going. Yeah, so it's something to consider. Yes. All righty. Um, so that's the current, pro current projects, I guess. Is there uh, anything else we want to chat about? No, we could talk about our activities outside yesterday. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I should post the picture of it, too. We uh, did. Uh, <laughs> our older mailbox had died. a metal post in the ground, and the metal rotted or rusted, rusted. through. And uh, so the, the mailbox broke off. So we decided to upgrade our mailbox. And yesterday's adventure was installing said mailbox by... We had to install a post, which ended up being too tall. And then we had to assemble the mailbox and we had to put the expanding foam type of yeah. thing into the hole to secure the post before we can attach the mailbox oh. and it turned the mailbox is actually kind of funny yeah it's, <laughs> it, it turned out the, uh, you know chemistry you know science it's oh pretty interesting that what it is is we got this mixture of uh, it's not really concrete it's um, no it's a foam it's, it's an a foam. expanding it's a, foam it's an expanding foam and what it is is it's within the container it's split into two packets and what it is is you break the center of it the seal. and then you cut the packet open and you pour it into the hole oh, but no 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 you break the seal right once you do that you have a few seconds to yeah. mix it mix it and make sure it's properly mixed then you have to cut it and pour it right away because it sets almost immediately and so we're watching this and it's like we pour it into the bottom of the hole and we're looking at it with, with the post in it uh, a four by four and we are watching it we're looking in there is it doing anything and then it just does something it and it erupted just, it erupted <laughs> into our face not into our faces no no, but, no 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 but it it just expanded 
and then it's like, oh my God, that's way too much. And we were able to cut out the cut off the excess, which yes. was good. We did that right away because if we hadn't, it solidified pretty decently. It, yeah, and so we tried to move the post after we cut out cut off that excess, and it just wouldn't move. But then we found out that the post was too tall, so yeah. I had to pull out my handy dandy, you know, battery operated saw. Which kind my of saw is it again? Jigsaw. Recipro- reciprocating saw. Yeah. And you just had, and we, it just, it took like four times. Yeah. Before to, I got to, it to the right height. It was, height. the math maybe was not so good. Who knows? Yeah. The math wasn't, yeah. Math really failed because we didn't calculate <laughs> the, we didn't calculate the hole right. We didn't calculate the, this, the foam right. And we didn't calculate the height of the post right. And we then. We didn't calculate the direction of the mailbox properly. Yeah, we. It was really a comedy of errors, but as things do, it turned out actually pretty well. Yes. So the mailbox goes with our house, and it's it's actually a larger one because a lot of people get packages delivered these days. So it allows us to receive some packs packages more securely than we mm-hmm. have been. So, but it was a. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. It just said, but. but as writers, we can add some of that to our future writing mm-hmm. projects because now we have this humorous story about having installed our mailbox. Yeah. Um, okay. So. And oh boy, are my arms feeling it today? Yeah, my shoulders. Oh a my god. Post hole uh, digger. Yeah, that post hole digger is like we were taking turns, and it's like we had to dig a hole uh, two feet deep, and yep. it, pro- it should have probably should have been deeper, uh, but a little bit. Yeah, but, but it, oh well. What's done is done. Okay, um, so we'll get, getting to today's uh, topic, which was teased on the social media, is um, everybody's uh, most hated subject uh, for the last three years um, is COVID. Yep. Um, COVID nineteen. So for for and uh, this podcast exists because of COVID nineteen. It's true. Uh, we w- um, we were isolated, you know, locked down, whatever you want to call it. Um, Everybody was pretty much locked down. So we, uh, so three years ago, we said, you know, why don't we, um, you know, and it wasn't three years; it was more like two, two and a half. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was pretty quick after. I think it was maybe April of twenty twenty. I mean, I don't remember. Was no. it? Yeah, we can I look it up. It's Whatever. on the website. You know? Right. If you go out our go out to our website, click on the podcast link, go all the way to the bottom of the page, you'll see the first date. Yeah. Um, and for three years. Uh, we've been pretty good on the COVID protocols, COVID protocols. Um, mm-hmm. But I got lazy. I got lazy. I got tired. And uh, candidly, in France, we just stopped wearing the masks. because Which wasn't a problem in France. Which wasn't a problem in France. We, we That was actually the first time we actively stopped wearing the mask was in France. And France was uh, April into May or May into June. I can't remember. No, it was the end of April into May. And I remember distinctly regretting at one point not wearing my mask when we got into the metro. Yeah. And we were so squished in there that I was sure we were going to catch something. But we didn't. But we didn't. Um, so uh, so we get back and then... Um, you know, we have travel grunge, and then, you know, so a couple of weeks after we get back from France, I head out to uh, Maryland, Delaware to visit my sister. Yep. Um, if you ever heard of Delmar, it's uh, Delaware, Maryland. So I do Delmar, and then um, you know, then come back, and again, I'm still not wearing the mask. I'm, that's that, and again, a very p- bad protocol. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, I picked up COVID. It happened. Uh, I picked up COVID. And I have to tell you, I felt terrible 
I have felt terrible on so many levels. Um, physically, well, yeah, I'll get to that in a second, but emotionally, I felt terrible because Cece here has been stringent on wearing her mask every single day, eight, nine hours a day at work because of her concern, because uh, of my, um, I'm one of those folks that have the uh, pre-existing conditions, pre-existing health conditions. And so it, it's not comfortable in a work environment. And she, aren't you the only one in the building wearing it now? No, we have a couple people. There are still, I work in a an environment where there are people who have maybe more of an academic background. And there are still people, probably some of them are, um, you know, predisposed to health problems. But they, there are still a couple of people in the, the office that wear masks. Yeah, and... Uh, that is the exception, not the rule, because yes. um, as we all know by going out in public, seeing a mask now is really very, quite rare. Yes. That's no excuse for me. That's no excuse, and I'm not trying to excuse my behavior. I know better. I'm an adult. I, I believe in science. I believe in facts. I um, believe that masks are an IQ test, and I failed the IQ test. Well, and we predate masks in this country because when we lived in japan yeah. it was not uncommon if someone gets sick in japan they do wear a mask in public yeah. so they don't spread their sickness so we're so now i'm not feeling even worse so cc's done all this effort i know better i'm predisposed and i get covid um and i think i got covid and i'm gonna just gonna say it's cheyenne wyoming because they were all very rude in cheyenne and so <laughs> i'm just picking on cheyenne but uh you know, it um, it happened like a week or a few days after I got back from from the trip, uh, from this long drive. It just, it, it, I think I had it for a few days because I was you know, wanting to take naps. And then it's like... What? But at that point, you were probably thinking that you were still recuperating because that trip was really hard on you. Yeah, it was It was not a fun trip uh, uh, to drive. But if you're ever going to drive across the country, folks, take somebody with you. Don't be an idiot. Like like me. So right now, this podcast, not my brightest moment, is it? <laughs> well, that's both of us. I mean, if we're talking about the mailbox, right? Yeah. So so um, so it's just one night. I just, I know I have it. I want to take the test, but I just don't have the energy. So I, I just com- I completely crashed. And Cece is worried. Because we had been doing our evening ritual where we're sitting on opposite sides of the room. But you disappeared early because occasionally, you you know, usually around our normal bedtime, you'll kind of wander your way and say, hey, I'm heading in and that type of thing. But this night you just went in. Yeah. Not a word. You just went in. And normally we have a ritual where you tuck me in at night, but you were just like out of sorts. Mm -hmm. You weren't like moaning and groaning or anything, but you were out of sorts. So I asked if I should tuck you in and you were... That was the night, sometimes you wear gloves because your hands get cold at night. And just, you know, the gloves had been turned inside out and you were getting a little cranky yeah. about not having the glove because yeah, your arm was and so the, tired. And the, and the reason that I was cranky that I'm not having the glove is because I'm holding up my hand for, so you could put it on. And I don't have the energy to hold up my hand. And it's like, ah, rah, rah, rah. And it's like, it's well, see, really... at this point, it had not occurred to me that you might have COVID. I was just like, oh, something is wrong. Yeah. And I, I did not put two and two together on that. Yeah. But I was sure there was something really not right. Yeah. And so it's like, so I crash 
And then the next you, morning... Yes, crash big time. And then the next morning, I take the test and boom, two lines. Showed oh, up right away on the yeah. home test. Right there, boom. And what, what was funny was, is by that time, I was already feeling better. The, the night, um, I don't remember if I slept through the night. I generally don't. I generally get up once or twice a night. But I've, I was feel, already starting to feel better. And then a couple of days after that, I felt fine and then took the test again. No COVID. Um, and so, uh, and that's not to my, you know, mutant healing powers because I don't have mutant healing powers. It was probably due to the fact that I've had five COVID shots. Yes. Five. You know, the, the original and the booster, original and the booster, and then a booster, but still five COVID shots really shrunk it down. And um, really the only after effect a couple of weeks later is um, over the, excuse me, over the next couple of weeks was just a lower power. But other than that, I was feeling fine. Uh, other, you know, just, just not just really low and slow. And that's, you know, thinking about 2020, March, mm -hmm. April, May, if somebody said they had COVID, it was you a, were like, oh my God, yeah. that's terrible. Uh, when you tested positive for, for COVID at this point, I've had several coworkers have it. And I had been talking to my boss who also had it, it had very similar um, experience to yours. And it was a lot of people are just hit by the exhaustion. Yeah. It's like you cannot function because you're so tired. There's a brain fog that's associated with it. Yeah. Sometimes the brain fog lingers for a bit. But because everyone I know has had all those vaccinations, it's a lot less of a dire situation than it was three years ago. Uh, and for those that are wondering, yes, Cece did take COVID test and she yes. does not have it. I am still, as far as I know, what they're calling a no-bid. Yeah. Somebody who has not had COVID, even though, you know, it's possible I may have had it and was asymptomatic. But that being said, the tests I have taken in this time period have all come back negative. So why bring that up? Why bring up something personal, you know, about having COVID, which obviously uh, has not been the brightest moment of my years on earth. Uh, and, you know, even though I know better and I believe in logic and science, so why bring this, you know, why bring this up for, you know, public examination? Uh, it's because as writers, we sometimes have challenges writing about experiences that we don't know anything about. So, as you said, using the phrase Novid, you writing about Novid, you've only witnessed it, but you have not experienced it. So, ha you know, having to write about COVID from a, you know, from a, shall we say, a patient's point of view would be different than for me, who's right. actually had it, even though it, fortunately, it was, you know, it was, you know, like three or four days, if even that. Well, like you said, it may have been longer. And yeah, you just didn't get the symptoms right away. But yeah, yes. And I didn't do the math until that night. I could have had it. I probably had it all leading up to that night. Well, and the other thing is that you, by that point, had so much brain fog that if you were trying to do math, was it really even yeah. anywhere close to being true? But the my point being is, is um, you know, trying to write, you know, another example is somebody writing about trying to be a teacher in, in a in an urban area like you know like our like our daughter but if we have not done that ourselves there are things that we do not understand about it so how do we get a, get over that hump because there are certain things there are certain times there are certain books where we're going to be writing about experiences which we do not have that first-hand experience now that i've had that first-hand experience on COVID, i can write about not only about COVID, but write, write about about you know 
maybe not uh, low levels of shock, perhaps, where there are brain fogs and things, where there is a brain fog and things like that, and where it's it's difficult to um, like thread a needle. It'd be impossible of it would have been impossible for me to thread a needle at that point, Mm -hmm. literally. And I'm talking about literally putting the thread into the needle. Oh yeah. No, watching you like we mentioned the glove story, and that was for a specific reason, and that you just. Your body was not functioning right, and I could tell from the outside that it was not functioning right. Yeah, and it's so. Uh, so, how do you do? Of course, get over things like that. Of course, I was listening to our podcast. <laughs> nice because plug there. we're so good at that. Right, nice plug there, huh? Yes, very good. But um, but of course there are ways, and um, you know there there of course there are ways. Of course there are ways. There's thousands and thousands and millions and millions of books written, for example. About folks who were writing about things on on the East Coast in the 1800s and the 1700s. Of course, none of us remember those days and never lived those days. But there are things which go directly to CeCe's day job, which yes. gives you an insight into that. Now, of course, you do not have diaries. You don't no, have no. first Well, not personal. No, um when you bring that up though it does make me think about how i was curious about how people responded to situations like the 1917 influenza outbreak mm-hmm. pearl harbor yeah. and in the course of our lifetime i actually was talking to the kids about this yesterday we have had situations now where we can directly think back to historic events that are similar and go oh my gosh because in talking about the 1917 pandemic one of the big things they were talking about at that time was masking. And there were people who did not want to mask. I mean, it's not a modern human thing. This is, you know, oh, I don't need it. It's fine. And, you know, it was flu. Now we think about the flu. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you might get the flu. You get the updated shots every year. But now, having had the experience of being through a pandemic, I can look back at historic events and say, oh, Wow, this yeah. was a lot more intense than I thought. Yeah, but there are also some events which are just completely never will happen. You know, right. Never happen, and um, you know we've talked about some things, historical things, which we have um, an, an interest in. And yes. Some, well, we will again. Let's pick on uh, Gettysburg because right. uh, I was re- I was at Gettysburg uh, during this recent trip, and reading about um, you know significant parts about that. For, uh, you know, for, you know everything from Joshua Chamberlain. To um, you know the the charge you know Pickett's charge right with things which we hope will never happen again in this country though sometimes I wonder which oh by the way hey Putin how are things happening in Russia right now okay um, but insurrections like that right. uh, which we hope will not happen though um, you know I'm getting off on human a tangent nature here. yeah yep. um, but I think that's that you use the two words right there boom right there human nature human nature because while the exact events. Uh, may or may not ever happen again. Human nature doesn't change, in my opinion. No. Now, human nature. Um, now we're talking about general human nature, right? Individual human nature, of course, changes because we are all unique in our experiences and memories and character. But overall, human nature. Uh, well, you know, to use the uh, phrase from uh, the Men in Black, people as a unit are stupid, <laughs> and so it's, we can always yeah. expect the, the the dumbest response to. 
a, a big historical event. Um, what was the biggest, stupidest response to Pearl Harbor? Well, you know, gather up all the Japanese Americans and send them off to camp. What was the, you know, the, the response to the 1917 pandemic and the 2020 pandemic? Exactly the opposite of what you would think should happen. Right. So, um, so as writers, uh, it's never wrong to write about the dumbest reaction to a historical event that we ourselves have not experienced, in my opinion. What do you think about that? No, I think you're absolutely right, because people's our responses might evolve. Maybe they're a little bit less stupid than they were in the past, but some of that is because we've learned and we've evolved. But normally, human nature being what it is, we have kind of knee-jerk responses to certain situations. Heard, heard responses. Heard responses, mob mentality, whatever you want to call it. Because yeah. in a situation like Pearl Harbor, you do get into the mob mentality where you have a group of people saying, okay, this is not right. And it's a, it goes back to old tribal, you know, you band together as a tribe to protect yourselves. Right. And it is, you know, innately something that we do as self-protection. But sometimes it turns out being having the opposite result that, you know, what we think is self-protection is actually hurting other people yeah. or we're hurting ourselves. So a valuable book or an interesting book is the person that sticks out from that mob mentality that has the sliver of common sense, much like yourself. Uh, yes. No, no, no. My point being is it has not given into the mob mentality that masks are no longer needed when COVID is still obviously a big deal. So writing a story about the person that that bucks that or pushes back against the the mob mentality is is a valuable is a, maybe a valuable book. Um, you, the, there's um, you know historical texts about uh, Japanese Americans who pushed back during um, you know the, their isolation in right. Uh, and uh, they became, you know, not only cultural heroes, they became American national heroes right. for being right, for the ones who stood in front of the tanks, in front of Tiananmen Square, right. because they were right and everybody else was wrong. And I think that would be a very interesting book to, book to read right. and a book to write about the one who stood in front of the tanks. And that is another situation where I've thought about um, World War II on the European front and how people, just normal, average, everyday people were involved in these horrendous, horrendous things against the Jewish people. Right. And I, you know, looking back historically, I always wondered, how could you get away with doing that? But in some of the things that have happened to us recently on a political front, I've kind of noticed that sometimes it's hard to tell where is the truth, yeah. you know, where... There's a fine line between truth and what you're being fed. Yeah, and, and, you know, right. you have to figure out, you have to work that out for yourself. And as an individual, that can be very hard. If you are told your job is to do a certain thing, how often are you going to push back against that? Because you might lose your job and yeah. you need to pay for your rent or whatever. But, you know. Yeah. And the people that did push back during, you know, the Jewish Holocaust to, to hide, you know, folks like that. Um, you know, they're, they're, of course, they're heroes, and they risked their lives, and some lost their lives. Yes. And um, and I, I, I worry. I, I worry for myself because I wonder if I had lived in Europe during that time, and who knows, reincarnation, who knows? Mm. Um, maybe I did. Would I have been swept up? Do I, do I have the personality set to push back, or would I have been swept up in that uh, thing, because just because the government says it's okay, 
it's okay. Right. And which, that is certainly not true. No. The, the law does not equal truth. But then you look at what happened in this country just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and the whole January 6th situation, yeah. where I'm sure a lot of those people were reasonable, but they are so fixated on the idea that they're right, that, that they, yeah. they did something horrendous, and people died, and, you know... If you are the kind of person that maybe you're swept up in that group and then you take a step back and say, oh, wait, this isn't right. Yeah. That's the kind of story we want to hear. Yeah. So so notice how it starts. This this discussion started with a little bug called COVID and it gets to social responsibility, personal responsibility, uh, just the plain responsibility. What is your responsibility to society? Is it to, you know, mindlessly, blindly follow along or is it to be that person that takes a step back and says, hey, if it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter if the cops say it. It doesn't matter if the politicians say it. It doesn't matter if the national media says it. If it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter if your family says it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, that's some one. of the worst things that people are I'm hearing about from people at this time is how they're having these great um, breaks with their family members because their family is on the opposite opposite side of where they are politically. And if you think about that's the unit that we're closest to mm-hmm. earliest in life. If you have to push back against that and you get pushed out of your family, that could be difficult. Yeah, difficult. That, that's the hardest. That's probably the hardest because we talked about herd, herd mentality. And the closest herd is the hardest herd to right. break. So that's actually, that's a very good point. So you have all these influences saying, you know, you should take this path. But there's something niggling in the back of your brain saying, hey, it's this, not right. This isn't right. And so um, depending on your circumstances, you either have to go with it or don't. But uh, my, our advice always, of course, is don't get swept up. Engage critical thinking, uh, to logical thinking. the best thinking, of your ability. And, and, and for the love of God, engage your humanity. Uh before getting swept up into something that you will not only most certainly regret later, but uh, you know that would be hurtful and painful to the people that you know are already being uh, already being ostracized and being um, you know well pounded into the ground for lack of a better phrase. And then in our writing, it's very easy to you know have our side characters be those faceless them, yeah. which you know, and that's where a lot of the problems come in. Is like the faceless them. They don't seem like other people so give your character some background yeah because those side characters can be very interesting but uh yeah and this is all from a writing perspective uh you know through your writing um you can write about the people that are or the person that pushes back against the mob that stands in front of the tanks and see what what their story is and you and it it's very easy not only to make them conflicted on it but very easy to make them only 51% conflicted. And then it's like they sort of, you know, I don't want to say accidentally, but they sort of fall into, um, you know, heroics. Heroics. So anyway. Well, and, you know, it is difficult, even on a writing perspective, to write about certain things that the general public doesn't agree with. And this leads to some of the banned book things that we're going through now. But don't be afraid to do that kind of writing because when you're, you're presenting something in a fictional sense. Somebody feels a little bit more relaxed, I think, about reading what you're writing. And maybe they'll learn something. And yeah. that's, I mean, writing should be presenting information, even if it's fictional, that may help change somebody's mind. And, of course, um, down the road, after 
we are all, you know, moved on to the next plane mm-hmm. to fight evil on another dimension, um, is, um, you know, maybe somebody will, will be read what your piece of fiction for historical context. So, right. Right. So there's, there's that. Okay. So, um, so we kind of started with that little bug and we sort of got to social responsibility and, um, historical stuff. So this has actually been a fairly complex podcast. Really it has. Wasn't, wasn't meant to be. Uh, that's what Jack in the Box Coffee will do to you, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're complex people. And, yeah. you know, going back to our original topic of conversation, none of this was in your mind when you were in bed, you know, so weak that you could barely move. Mm-hmm. And going back to the whole idea of, you know, wearing a mask when most people have given up on it. Um, part of the reason I'm continuing to do that is not just for you, but I don't want to infect my coworkers either. Yeah. I don't want to catch it myself. So there is some, um, I don't know. Self, self-interest, um, yeah, self-involvement, some um, selfish, selfishness. Yes, that's what I was searching for. There is a selfish aspect to that because I don't want to feel the way you did. Yeah. I didn't want you to feel the way you did. But, you know, it's like that kind of reinforced that, well, you know, I do occasionally go out without a mask. I tend to take it off outside when I'm around other people, but I'm still doing it for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Um, get your shots. Yeah, whenever the next one is available, because it'll probably be an autumn, kind of like our flu shots. Yeah, get your shots, because... It does help. It does help, it does help, because like I said, I I had a very light case, so I I count myself lucky. (laughs) And light is not a joke with COVID. Yeah, light is, it's still not a joke, man. I can't imagine if I felt like I did that night, felt like that for several days in a row, that would have sucked. Oh, no. It's like, you know, we go back to the original outbreak and before the you could see why people were not doing well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that was a picker-upper. <laughs> well, we hope at least you get something out of this. If I understand completely if you don't agree with anything we've said, but hopefully it will le- at least get you thinking about things a yeah. little bit. And that's what we really do is really just want to get folks to start thinking about this. And okay. we don't mind if you disagree. Just... Be thoughtful about it. Anyway, happy summer. It is summer. Happy summer. Happy summer. So the temps are starting to warm up. We've had we had a glorious yet wet spring. And, so and we, it's uh, a little bit overcast again this morning. It's so, been consistently overcast, which is unusual for us. Okay, so um, if you want to hear, listen to this podcast or other podcasts, you can check us out at our website at www.carsonhume.com com such as it is <laughs> we have uh, our podcast we have blog posts and we have our links to social media and really folks you want to follow cc on Insta- instagram this week because it will be fun 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 capital f-u-n fun, i fun. promise there will be some interesting pictures sometime in the middle of the week so if you yeah. don't follow me yet you might want to at least for a few days yeah fun normally yeah. i post pretty pictures Okay, um, and uh, so and next week we'll come back and give you a report on CC's fun, fun, fun. Vegas, baby. <laughs> Vegas, baby. Um, until then, is there anything else we want to chat about? Uh, no, no. No, we just hope you're doing well and that the weather is nice wherever you are, and you know that you're able to relax and step back and enjoy the summer season or the winter if you're in the southern hemisphere yeah i don't think anybody listens to us in the winter in the southern hemisphere anyway you never know no i don't think anybody listens to us anyway so (laughs) oh now you're being mr negative okay all right uh sitting across the table from me is cc and across from me is jt y'all take care of yourselves y'all have a wonderful week and we'll be back here in a few days take care